0: You guys. <laughs> All right. Well. Anyway, so we are moving into the book of Joshua, and we're going to do um, kind of the backstory of it today um, before we get into the introduction next week. But uh, um, but before we do that, I had this thought and this prayer, and I kind of laid out um, a little bit of it for the, those of you who were here, um, and there were a lot of people who weren't here. But I want to get this rolling, and so I'll talk about it one more time. But when we did the study of Romans, I had this thought, or this um, vision, or I don't know what you want to call it, you know, it wasn't like a heavenly vision, it was just something that I really thought I wanted to try to do, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yeah, heresy's correct. <clears throat> Can you give me some water, please? <laughs> anyway, when we did the book of Romans, we, uh, I really wanted to, uh, <laughs> uh, I really wanted to try to, in don't take this wrong, because I don't love the small group thing, right? But I wanted to kind of break into some smaller groups uh, for accountability. And without going back and explaining why that didn't end up happening, this, side or the other, mostly because of COVID and we weren't even at the church, thank you, bro, uh, for a short season, we kind of just took Romans and went through it like normal. So anyway, I've been praying, and we've been praying about <clears throat> where to go, how to make this work, and so Joshua, the book of Joshua is where we're headed. I don't plan on spending a, I don't know, a huge amount of time. This won't be like a year-long study um, because we'll probably, I won't teach the entire thing, because once you get towards the end of the book of Joshua, it's just like, this tribe got this land, this tribe got that. I don't I don't want to go through all that, but there's some really, really good stuff at the beginning. So anyway, to not bore you with all the details, uh, we're going to go, we're going to study the book of Joshua, and I have this thought, this same type of I don't know if you want to call it a. It's something I want to do. Um, and it, you guys can or cannot be a part of it. That's totally your call. Um, I'm, it's, it's up to you. But uh, I came up with this thing. I actually gave it a little name today because, you know, I'm not cool like everybody else and I can't come up with names for things. But uh, uh, I'm going to call these rad groups. R-A-D, right? Uh, so they are Reading, Accountability, a Devotional Groups, um, if you want to do it. And so if you don't want to, that's fine. Just show up for class and hear me talk, but don't waste my time or the other people in your group's time saying, yeah, I really want to do this, and then not being involved, right? And so I'm just going to call it what it is. Don't be like, yeah, I want to do that, but, uh, and then you get like a week into it, and you're like, I just don't have time. Mike, like, okay, that's on you. If you don't have time to read the Bible, I mean, that's between you and God, but I'm just telling you, what? That's not rad. <laughs> that's... That's not rad. That's correct. But anyway, sometimes you just need a little bit of accountability, right? Sometimes it's really easy to go a day and then two days and sometimes three or four days and it's just like, man, I haven't had time to get in the Word. Well, guess what? That's my excuse a lot of times. And I'm like, that's funny because I had the same 24 hours that everybody else had. I just used mine differently, right? And I didn't use them properly. And so this is just an accountability thing. And so we did something like this. Years ago, when Roger was teaching Passpoint. Um and so here's what I kind of want it to look like, and you guys can let us know. You can either, you know, if you want to in, let us know. If you don't, don't, and I won't include you, and it's fine. But um, basically, uh, we're gonna read. And so I suggest we start reading the Book of Joshua at first, and you know you can read as much of it or as little of it a day as you want. I'm not going to say you need to read a chapter a day or six chapters a day. The point is get in the Word, right? And so after you, after we get into the study for a while, you know you might go back to whatever your your normal daily reading was, and that's fine. It's just about being in the Word, right? So the goal is to get in the Word some every day. Um, But when we did it with Roger, we were all reading the same thing, and we were in these small groups. They were more like texting groups, and it was just kind of accountability. Sometimes we would call each other, but more than anything, it was texting. Uh, And every day, uh, somebody would text the group. Each person in the group would text the group. So if you had four people, you would get like four different texts about what they read that day, something cool they got out of it, right? You know, hey, I I never saw this before. This word was kind of cool. And this is, you know, sometimes they tied it into something that was going on in life. It can be a paragraph. It can be four paragraphs. It can be three sentences. It's whatever y'all want, right? But it's more than anything. Uh, that's a lot. I'll just that you get wore out with that pretty, pretty easily, having to text a group every day. So my thought, instead of that, is take your three or four people and just get on a rotation. It doesn't mean you only have to read your Bible every three or four days. Just throwing that out there, right? You should be reading every day, but get on a rotation where say that, and this is, isn't how it's going to go, but say that the. I and Brady and Chris were in a group, right? So Monday, uh, we would all obviously read, but like on Monday, I would text, you know, the the couple guys, hey, this is something cool that I saw today, right? And more than anything, it's just, you know, to encourage them to, if they haven't read, oh, I need to make sure I get in the Word, or that's cool, I haven't seen that. And then the next day, maybe Chris would text the group, and the next day, Brady, right? And it's just kind of getting in a rotation, where you don't have to text every day, because I remember when we did this with roger it got semi-burdensome having to do the text every day you know in a work week or whatever and there were times that i was sending text to the group at 10:45 at night because as soon as i could get to it and so anyway that's kind of my thought on how this is going to go it may morph into something a little bit bigger as we go but for now it's just basically accountability for reading the bible and getting a little bit of a devotion out of it if you want so before we get started, that's what we're going to do. When I say we, uh, at least me and my wife and Caleb, because he texts me, right? Um, and I think Paige had a few of the ladies. If you want to do this, uh, just text either Paige or I, right? Uh, can you have my phone? Yeah, I guess. You have good Wi-Fi. I forgot. There are people that are out. Okay. Oh, all right. So anyway, if you want in on that, just text us. It's not. It's just basically an accountability thing. we are anything. And I don't know how long this thing will go. Hopefully forever because accountability needs to go forever. Accountability doesn't do anybody any good if it only goes for a certain amount of time. Right? But like anything else, I'm sure it'll wear off and we'll have to, you know, come up with something new and shiny that gets people's attention. But for now, this is what we're going to try, uh, to do. Right? And so if you want in on that, just text us. If you don't, I'm not going to be mad at you. Right? And I'm not going to like text everybody and say, hey, just a reminder. If you want in on this, like, this is your reminder. if somebody's not here, tell them about it, right? Because I'm not going to bring it up a whole bunch, but uh, it's just something that we can do uh, to keep each other accountable because I need it, right? There are times in my life where I need the accountability. You know, it, we just do. And so I'm um, just throwing that out there. So anyway, that's that. Anybody have any questions on that before I move forward because I want to get into the Bible. Okay, perfect. Clears mud. Uh, let's pray uh, and let's uh, let's get rocking and rolling. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. Uh, Lord, you're good to us. Uh, God, better than we deserve. Um, Lord, we live in uh, an amazing place in an amazing time. Even with all the uh, fogginess that's going on in the world. Uh, Lord, we could to serve you freely, uh, and that 's the freedom that we need uh, more than we need freedom of anything else and so i got do pray that you would just bless your word this morning, uh, put me out of the way I really don 't have much to say, but as we kind of start to get a little bit of a backstory of uh, where we 're headed to the book of Joshua, I pray that you would just uh, uh just honor your, glorify your word and that we would honor it, Lord, and I pray that we would leave here with uh, just a little bit of something to think about and um, just uh, be closer to you every day. We do pray for uh, Gwaine, Arnie, Lord, and Betty and things that they're uh, continuing to go through with cancer and the chemo. I pray you just give him comfort and allow him to enjoy uh, the rest of the trip that they're on. And uh, Lord, we pray for the upcoming Bible conference and there's uh, a lot of moving parts uh, figurative, figuratively. and uh, uh, it, it, Lord, we just uh, uh, pray that you would be uh, on all of those, uh, whether it be the speakers or the machines or uh, the paper uh, or anything. Lord, we want to... Uh, get bibles into the hands of the people that don't have them and so i do pray that we would just be serious about being a part of that and uh, lord we pray for uh, just the past point class as a whole there are several people that are out for different reasons and uh, pray that you would just uh, really uh, continue to draw us uh, together as a as a class as a family that we would just be honoring and glorifying to you and really everything that we do uh, lord we just uh, pray you just bless your word today uh, in christ's name amen sorry i'm kind of Scatterbrain today, I don't really know, I mean I do know why it's been, I'd say it's been a crazy week, but it's just been, you know, it's life, you know, if you know anything about that, it's it's life, and so it's all good. So anyway, uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open up to the book of Joshua, we're not going to go there today, but you can get there, that way you can get familiar with finding it, uh, because that's where we're going to be every week from here moving forward. Uh, We're actually going to be in the book of Numbers uh, today, but... uh, We'll get there. So anyway, uh, I kind of want to give you uh, the backstory to the book of Joshua. So if you get to the book of Joshua in chapter 1, I told you you don't have to go there, and you don't, but it says, uh, let me just tell you what it says at the very beginning of the book. Joshua chapter 1. So how did we get here is kind of what I want to talk about today. How did we get to where we're going to start next week? It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that uh, the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses minister, right? And so, how did we get to here? Because from here on, the, the book, it, it, there's not a whole lot of wasted time here. There's some really good stuff in the first eight chapters of, of Joshua, 10 chapters of Joshua. I mean, just a lot of really good stuff. Um, and so, how did we get to here? And so, I want to, most of you guys are, you know, Bible scholars, students. You guys know what's going on, but I kind of want to get your minds going. You're kind of, make sure we're all in the same places to, how did we get to Joshua one one? What has happened up to this point? We know that we're talking about the nation of Israel, it's the Old Testament, right? And so how did we get to this point? You know, what events led up to this this point? You know, where how did the nation of Israel get to here we are getting ready to cross the Jordan, right? Because that's what happens. You know, the very beginning of Joshua, they find the nation of Israel finally gets to cross Jordan and go into the promised land. They've only been talking about it for what, like, A lot of years, right? I mean, God's been promising it to them forever, and then they actually were going to go, and then now they've been on time out for 40-some years, right? And so now here they're really getting ready to go. How did we get to here? Right, and so obviously, I'm not going to go back clear into Genesis and explain everything. But you know, let's just pick up where the nation of Israel are slaves to Egypt. Right, the entire nation, they are they are in bondage. They are slaves to uh, Egypt. It's just really weirding me out. I don't think it's going to fall. Mickey's laughing at me because I keep fidgeting with my water, but I don't know what to do with it. Um, that's, I guess if it falls, it falls. But they're uh, they're they're in Egypt. Uh, and they're slaves, right, and so that's kind of where we'll pick up, and so God sends the plagues, remember, if you if you remember Moses, or God came to Moses and he was like, hey, this is what we're going to do, we're going to get out of here, and so I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him, hey, we're not going to do this anymore and without going and, you know, reteaching this whole thing, so he goes to Pharaoh and uh, Pharaoh's like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen we really enjoy you guys being our slaves so we're probably not going to let you go, and he's like okay, but God says this is going to happen to you guys if, if, if not, and Pharaoh's like, nah, we're good right, and um, obviously Paraphrasing. You know, this isn't the Richard Pabby, Richard Petty racing version, right? But I'm just paraphrasing what's going on. And, you know, and so God sends the plagues, the different plagues. And then Moses would go back. And he's like, you don't let us go now. And Pharaoh would be like, fine, you can go. And then as soon as the plague would go, he'd be like, no, nah, I changed my mind. You're staying, right? So this goes on, all the plagues. And so finally the death angel passes over. All the firstborn in Egypt die, right? And that's where we get the picture of the Passover, even in the New Testament, where God says you need to kill the, the the lamb strike the uh, innocent blood of the lamb on the doorpost right and it's obviously a picture of salvation you strike the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your heart right the death thing passes over okay so anyway so that's what happens so they get out of Egypt they cross the Red Sea which is amazing all on its own right they're rolling along and then the sea just parts so they cross the Red Sea now they're in the wilderness right they are they are gone they're finally free from Egypt you know hooray we're free. <laughs> but we don't have anything, right? And here we are out in the middle of nowhere and we got nothing, right? And so if you've ever been in a very large group of people, uh, it doesn't take, well, honestly, any group of people at all, it doesn't take a group of people very long to start complaining if things don't go their way, right? It's just general. It's, It's human nature, right? So obviously they're like, we should have just stayed in Egypt. We had it better as slaves than we ever did out here in the wilderness, right? And it's like, no, you didn't, but okay. So they, they do what they do, right? So God, God promises them the land on the other side of Jordan. We know that as the promised land, right? So that's the land that he promised even back to Abraham back in the book of Genesis. So you guys can have the promised land. That's where they're headed, right? Good, good deal, right? So Moses sends out 12 spies to go spy out the land. What happens, right? They go out there. They see the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's just amazing. Like it, they, there's a there's a explanation in there. Like they go and they pick this cluster of grapes that's so big that they have to carry it between two guys on their shoulders. Right? Some I don't know. They must grow grapes bigger there than they do here because like that's a lot of grapes. But anyway, so they come back and they're like, "How how was it?" And they're like, "It was great." But we can't go there. Well, ten of them anyway. They're like, we can't go there because like the guys there, they're huge and they're going to kill us all, right? Except for Joshua and Caleb. right? That's the two guys that are like, no, we need to go and we need to go now. So that's kind of how this thing plays out. Uh, ten give a bad report, two give a good, good report. And so what does Israel do? Well, they complain to God that he never should have let them leave Egypt anyway. Why Why'd you ever let us leave Egypt, God? Why didn't you just let us be slaves forever? You know, and so... Back to complaining all the time. So God's punishment for that sin, right, of not going when they were supposed to go by listening to the ten instead of the two, he he basically says, here's what you got going. Uh, You're going to wander in this wilderness for 40 years. You will be here for 40 years. Basically what he was saying was anybody that is uh, 20 years old and older, uh, they will die before I send you guys into the promised land. That's what he says. So they get to live out their life, but they're going to live out their life here in the wilderness. And uh, once all of them have died off because they didn't stand up for what I told them to do, uh, then the younger generation, you know, surely the younger generation, uh, we think this even today, surely the younger generation will do the right thing, you know. And so... I keep thinking that, right? Surely the younger generation will do the right thing. Uh, they'll get to go in. Okay, so that's that's basically what happens. He says that you know nobody gets to go uh, in that's over 20, except for Joshua and Caleb. They're the only two guys that were over 20 at the time they got to go in because they did the right thing. Okay, so what does that lead to? That leads to 40 years of... Murmur, 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 complain, complain, complain. God's not near as good as He should be. Shouldn't He take care of us? It's 40 years of complaining that's wandering in the wilderness. That's what the nation of Israel did. They're God's chosen people, but they're all wandering in the wilderness. There's a lot of events that happen in the wilderness, a lot of different things that happen, but that's basically without like spending weeks explaining everything. They just, they wander in the wilderness. Okay. God's feeding them manna, you know, still providing for them, but you know, have you ever noticed that even in the hard times, God will provide your needs, but not always your wants? That's what He's doing for the nation. He, he gives them the man. So anyway, fast forward 40 years. right? Get to where we need to get to, because I want to get going. To the end of the book of Deuteronomy. right? So you get to the end of the book of Deuteronomy. So the book of Deuteronomy uh, is like the second giving of the law. So really, as far as the like, time frame would go, the book of Numbers... Really, just kind of butts right up into the book of Joshua. There's a short amount of time between the two, because, and and I'll explain that a little bit more in a minute. So, fast forward 40 years to the end of the book of Deuteronomy. Here's what happens at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. God says, "Here's here's my deal, Moses. Because you've been my spokesman forever. You've been my guy. You're the guy I talk to, and then you go and talk to Israel. You get to see the land. But remember that time that I told you to go, uh, you know, talk to the rock." And Instead, you hit it three times. Uh, that that sin keeps you from going into the promised land. I, he, lets, he 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 takes Moses up in about uh, Nemo, I think, is what it's called, and uh, uh, he he lets him see the land. And the and the, the book of Deuteronomy ends with Moses dies. Right? Well, that's not really a great way to end the book, right? I don't read a lot of books, but especially fiction books. But like, if that's how they all end, this guy dies—the end. Like, I'm probably not going to read a whole bunch of them. But so, anyway, so that's how the book ends. It rolls right into the book of Joshua. So that's kind of how we got to where we're going, right? They've been wandering in the wilderness, and now they're finally ready to go and take what God has promised them forever. So what's the picture for us before we jump back into the book of Numbers? Sorry, my brain's everywhere, right? What has God promised you, right? What has God promised you that you know you're looking forward to? And there's not even a Jordan River you've got to figure out how to cross to get there, right? It's eternal life. Like, you have life eternal when this wilderness is over. You ever felt like this life is kind of like an ever wilderness? There's days that are decent, right? There's days that are okay. But for the most part, it is just like, why why is getting up so hard? Right? Why is this simple thing? Why is life? Why is everything so stinking? You're in the wilderness, right? God has promised you something better. And I told you it was going to happen. God has (laughs) promised you all waiting for it. He has promised you something better. And that's kind of the picture that you need to take from this. Okay? So before we get into the book of Joshua, because they're finally ready to seize their inheritance, that's what we need to do as Christians. We need to seize our inheritance. Something happened that we need to go back and catch. Right, something happened. You know, there's the twelve tribes of Israel, right? You guys know there's twelve tribes. Okay, there's something happened back towards the end of the wilderness years before they get to cross Jordan. So flip over to Numbers, chapter thirty-two. This is so they're in the wilderness still. They've taken out some of the. People that are in the land, right? There's there's conquest. There's been they've kind of taken over some of the land that is rightfully theirs, right? And so uh, Meredith, plug your ears. But if you need to know, the theme of the book of Joshua is blessing and obedience, right? Blessing and obedience. That's what you're going to find out. Like every chapter in Joshua is man, there is blessing in obedience if you're just simply obedient to the words that are coming out of my mouth even though they sound completely crazy sometimes there's blessing in that right and same thing in life but that's kind of same type of deal here there's blessing in obedience so back up they're they're taking over some of the land they're finally getting ready to go like they're, they're, they've come up they're almost to Jordan they're ready to go and take it and so here's what happens and so here's what I got for you today right so this is kind of just the backstory, of Joshua, but here's six warning signs, and this is for us, this isn't just for them, because obviously we can read the story and find out how it ended up for them. You know, they worked it out. You can always make anything out work out in a business deal, but it doesn't mean it's always a good deal, right? But just for us as the church, here's six warning signs that you're willing to settle on this side of the promised land. Obviously, we don't have the promised land like they did. We've got something better. It's called eternal life. And here's six warning signs that you, and I didn't mean you, I mean me, I mean us us as the church, you're willing to settle on this side of the promised land. So here's what happens. Let me just kind of read through some of this. Numbers chapter 32 verse 1 says, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad so that's two of the tribes, right? Uh, Children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold the place was good for cattle. So they had just kind of taken over this land. They're almost to Jordan. All right. They're on this side of the river, but you know, this is kind of where they're at. God's been promised them this land that flows with milk and honey. Nobody's really seen it, other than the twelve spies, right? But they see this land and they're like, I got cows? Looks like there's some good pasture here. Like they're 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 thinking through this thing, right? The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke unto Moses, and the uh, Elias are the priests, and to the princes of the congregation, saying, uh, Adaroth and Dibion, and Jazer and Nimrah, and Hishbron, I might be pronouncing these wrong, I don't know, and Elia, um uh, and Shebam, and Nebo, and uh, Beon, even the country with the Lord smote, uh, Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and my servants have cattle. You see what they're doing there. They're like, it's really good for cows. And I don't know if you noticed, but we got a lot of cows, right? Um, Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, you know, if, we, if we've been good little servants, Moses, uh, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession, and bring us not over Jordan. So they come to Moses, and they're like, hey, you know, we just took over all this land. We haven't made it to the promised land yet. You know, it's it's kind of like walking into Disney World or a theme park or something I can't even remember Disney World but like you're walking into this place this is kind of cool like the farther you get into this the cooler it gets unless it's like 110 degrees like it was when we were in Six Flags uh, a month ago but it was anyway it's like the, the closer you get the better it gets well they haven't even crossed Jordan just the closer they get to the river the better things are getting and here they are they come to Moses and they're like hey there's some pretty good ground here And we don't really know what's on the other side of Jordan. We just know that they said it was pretty nice, right? That's like us as Christians. You know, we we don't really know what heaven's going to be like. I mean, we hear it's going to be pretty nice, but I mean, this life ain't that bad, you know. And I I mean, live your best life now. Ask Joel. I mean, he'll tell you. And so, you know, do what. So they're kind of they come to Moses and they're like, "Hey, why don't we?" I tell you what. Here's what we'll do. We'll just stay here. Right. We'll just stay here and we'll we'll take our inheritance right here, right? Because I can see it and I can touch it and I like it, you know? And so that's the first warning sign that you're going to be willing to settle on this side of the Promised Land. You believe that this is as good as it gets. There are a lot of Christians today that believe that this right here, the world we live in, this is as good as it gets. Live your best life now. We'll make all the money you can have as much fun as you can right do everything you can you believe that this is as good as it gets man if this if that's what you think I'm sorry because this there is no way that me hurting getting out of bed in the morning is as good as it gets man I'm telling you there's no way that this is good that's the first warning sign that you believe this is good as it gets so here's Moses response to this thing Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna take this well right verse six. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war and you sit here? We already know when we cross Jordan, there's a lot of people over there. God said we're going to take them out. It's no big deal. But you think you're just going to kick back here? Like we all fought for this land, and you're just going to? We'll just hang back here. Y'all go. that's fine. That's the, Moses is like, it, you just you're going to chill here, huh? No, that's your second warning sign that you're willing to settle. <laughs> You're not really engaged in the battle. Right? You come to church, right? You you read your Bible when Brian tells you to stand up on Sunday mornings and read it, right? But but you're not engaged in the battle. You don't even know what the battle is. If somebody told you to go get in the battle, you'd be like, do what? Like the battle is making Bibles next week. The battle is discipling people. The battle is Going out and sharing the gospel to the people you work with, even though it's really uncomfortable, right? The battle is going to Boston and sharing the gospel. The battle is going to Mexico. The battle is doing something for the Lord instead of saying, "You know what? It ain't really that bad here. I'll just I'll chill here. Y'all go on, right? Get after it, boys. You know we'll we'll be the cheerleaders. Get it? No, like that's the second warning sign that you're you've already in your heart decided that you know what uh, I'll settle on this side of the promised land you're not even engaged in the battle now right you're not engaged in the battle Moses goes on to say in verse 7 and wherefore discourage you the heart of the children of Israel from going over the land which the Lord had given them not only are you guys not willing to go but you're going to make the rest of these guys think that they shouldn't go either you're discouraging their hearts Thus did your fathers, Moses, he's pretty smart here. Thus did your fathers when I sent them into Kadesh Barnea to see the land, basically when I sent the twelve spies, um, to see the land. For when they went up into the valley of Eshcol, they saw the land that discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into land with the children, uh, uh which the Lord had given them. You know, we talked about that. They sent ten or, uh, uh, twelve spies, ten of them come back. They're like, no way, the guys are too big, we can't do it. Right? It it would be similar to uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, high school football recently, right? Uh, it'd be similar to the football team rolling in, like and being like, oh my gosh, these guys have a huge stadium, like they've got a field better than ours. Oh my, oh my gosh, look at those guys, they're huge. We're out, we're not playing, right? It would be similar to that. You ain't gonna do that? No. We went rolling into some school this Friday night, and Paige was like, well, judging by the way that this looks, this might not turn out very well, right? Uh, the final score was like thirty-eight to eight. You know, Adrian stomped him. I mean, it's just like sometimes it's not always what it looks like, right? And so, anyway, it's like same thing. He's like Moses is like, hey, what what good does it do for you to be like we're going to stay here because now everybody else is going to be like you're right, we'll stay here with you because we don't even know what's over there. We might not even it might not be as good as what they say, right? Christians do that all the time. Yeah, heaven sounds great, but you know, uh, it's not really that bad here and. You know, then you start murmuring in your little groups about how, you know, well, the church isn't really all that good. And, you know, we're just, we're, we're going to do our thing here. And, you know, we got this going on and that going on. And the next thing you know, they're like, well, yeah, we, the church really doesn't do anything for us either, right? And, like, you are discouraging the heart of the people. That's the third warning sign that you're willing to settle on this side, uh, this side of the promised land. You are discouraging the hearts of God's people. And you might be like, not me. Oh, my gosh, don't say that about me. That happens to us all the time. That happens to Christians all the time. Well, you don't want to work in that ministry, right? Oh, that they don't get anything done, right? Or you don't really want to do that cuz I mean that guy, you don't want to you don't want to be around him. Like uh, we do that all the time. And when I say we, I mean the body of Christ, right? You're discouraging the heart of God's people. You don't want to work in the children's ministry like those kids are weird, they're mean, right? Like there's lots of other ministries. Don't work over there. You're discouraging the heart of God's people. Right? If that's your preference, I mean, go and do your own thing, but don't discourage the heart of God's people. And I'm just using the children's ministry as an example. It happens everywhere. I mean, they all me. So. That's out. We're not going today. We were supposed to have little lambs today. Somebody got to cover it. We aren't going. It, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <Not everywhere>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. You're discouraging the heart of God's people. That's what Moses is like. Hey, y'all can't do that, right? He's like there's a lot of problems with what you've got going on here. You cannot do that, right? Not going to happen. He, Moses goes on to say, he's got plenty to say about this thing. Verse 10, And the Lord's anger was kindled against them at the same time, right? Talking about your dad when, uh, your dads when they wouldn't go into land. Saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upwards shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb, the son of Jephthah, and, uh, 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 the Kizai and Joshua's son of none, for they have wholly followed the Lord. We talked about all this already, right? Two guys over 20 get to go into the land. Okay. In verse 13, And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and He made them wander in the wilderness forty years, until all the generation that had done this evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. And behold, He's like, that's what your dad did, and guess what you guys are doing. And behold, you're risen up in your father's stead. An increase of sinful men... Uh, to augment yet the fierce thing of the Lord towards Israel for if you turn away from, uh, from after him he will yet again leave them in the wilderness and you shall, de- uh, and you shall destroy this people Moses is like this is a terrible idea not going to happen like it's not good for anybody right all you're going to do is you're going to discourage people right and then God's going to be mad at everybody again and uh, guess what I want to go right don't ruin this for everybody You ever been in the car with the kids sometimes and like one of them just got a really bad attitude, right? And they're just like lipping off all the time. My kids don't ever do this, right? Um, Right. Uh, But they're just lipping off and finally one of them's like, just shut up. You're going to get mad at everybody, right? Mom's going to be mad at everybody. Just stop, right? You're going to ruin this for everybody, right? Don't make me turn this car around, right? Don't act like you haven't said it. Here's your next warning sign that you're willing to set on the other side of the promised land. You kindle the anger of the Lord. And when I say kindle, right, you're causing it to spark. And sometimes a spark can turn into a fire really quickly, right? Don't be the one who's got the outlying sin, you know, the covered up sin. We're going to find about that in uh, chapter 7, right? Don't be the one who's hiding your sin because guess what? The whole, the whole camp has to pay for it, right? Don't kindle the anger of the Lord. If you're willing to settle here, you'll know it because you'll be the one who's willing to push the boundaries to do things you ought not do. You're kindling the anger of the Lord. I need to get done so I keep moving. Verse 16. So, Gad, right? They're like, okay, we, I'm sorry, Reuben, Gad, they're like, we've we thought of these things, Moses. We've, we've already thought this through. Here's what they've got to say. And they came near unto him and said... Here's here's our plan, Moses. We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. You know, we don't want our kids to have to cross the Jordan. Right? But we ourselves will go ready, armed before the children of Israel, until we have brought unto them uh, their place. And our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of uh, the inhabitants of the land. We will not return into our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on yonder side of Jordan, or forward, because our inheritance has fallen to us on this side of Jordan, eastward. I mean, it seems... It seems... Fair, right? They're like, we'll go, we'll fight. We weren't really gonna send you. I mean, we were, we were gonna like throw it out there and see if you were okay with it. But since you weren't good with it, I mean, we're willing to go, right? We'll we'll go and fight. We'll leave our kids here. It's fine. Not a big deal. Stop being mad, Moses, right? You know, it, it's like they had this thing planned out the whole time, right? The the thing to see here, the th- the key here is they say in verse nineteen, "For we will not inherit with them on yonder side of Jordan or forward." Meaning, it doesn't matter. What other blessings that they're going to get on top of what they're going to get with the land. We're willing to sacrifice all of that if you'll just let us stay here. Right? Meaning, it would be like saying, you know what, I'm saved, and I'm just, I'll take my get into heaven free ticket, and I'm just going to live like hell the rest of my life. You know? It's like saying, you know what? Yeah, there are blessings that come with working in the ministry. There are blessings that come with discipling people and seeing them grow in the Lord and all those extra things that you'll never really know. You'll get to heaven and you're going to have fruit to your account that you didn't even know of. I'm willing to sacrifice all of that if I can just take the easy right now. I'll take my get into heaven free ticket, but I don't need any of that other church stuff. I don't need any of that other sacrifice because, and I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice any of the blessing that's going to come with that right that's what they're saying that's what they're saying you know and and here's here's your fifth warning sign that you're willing to settle you only trust in what you see and not what God's promising you only trust in what you see they could see the land that they were in and they were like it looks like the cows could eat here for a long time well who knows it could have just been a good year I mean it's a bumper crop next year it might be a drought I want I want what God has promised and that's I want nothing less than that and I don't want. I mean, I want all of it. I want eternity and all the blessing that comes with it. I want all of that. Uh, you only trust in what you see and not what God is promising. That's what I said. That's, if you listen to the way I worded that, it sounds like the opposite of something. You only trust in what you see and not what God is promising. Well, what is faith? Well, faith is the opposite of that. It is the evidence of things not. Or what what does the verse say? I'm butchering it. Uh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, these guys are trusting in the substance that they can see and they're willing to sacrifice anything they haven't seen. They have no faith is what I'm saying. They have no faith at all that God's going to come through on the other side of Jordan. They're gonna, they're willing to take, they're willing to hedge that this is as good as it's ever going to get and I'm willing to sacrifice everything up there. Right? It's like placing a bet. It's like buying a lottery ticket. Right? That God is saying in in ten years... Who knows? It could be tomorrow. But in 10 years, 20 years, uh, this thing could be worth a billion dollars or more. But if you take it now, it's worth $500. And like i will take it right now. Give me the money. I'm running. Because right? I'm not patient. I don't, I don't have faith that it's really going to come true. Right? These guys are trusting in what they see and not in what God's promising them. I think the worst part about the whole thing as I read the story is they're willing to sacrifice any future blessing that comes as well. Right? It's not just that they're willing to sacrifice what God has already told them, the land. They already know that the land is supposedly coming. But the fact that they're willing to sacrifice any future blessing as well, like that is insane to me. And that's what Christians do. They're totally willing to say, you know what, I'm good where I'm at. Don't ask me to do anything else. Well, there's no blessing in that. You have the, the promise of what you're given. You're correct. right? I can't take your eternal life. It doesn't happen. But you're willing to sacrifice all the future blessing that ministry, that discipleship, that serving the Lord brings? That's insane to me. Right? But that's what these guys are doing. And that's what Christians are doing across the board today. Right? They're willing to sacrifice it and just get what they can right now. Here's Moses' response. It won't be done. Verse 20. And Moses said unto them, If you will do this thing, if you will go on before the Lord to war, and if you will... Uh, and and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out uh, his enemies from before him and the land be subdued before the Lord then afterward you shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel and this land shall be your possession before the Lord but if you do not behold you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out build your cities for your little ones and folds for your sheep and do that which you have proceeded out of your mouth Moses is like Man, if that's what you want, then have at it, right? And let me just tell you, that's what pastors across the nation, across the world are saying. Man, if that's, if this is all you guys want, then have at it. But man, I want more for you, right? It's like you're raising up kids. Like you've raised up kids since they were little, right? And you want the world for them. You want them to do everything, right? And they do pretty good. And then they turn into teenagers, Right? They're not in here right now, so I can say this. Right? They turn into teenagers, and it's like, man, I just wish I could whip your tail again like I did when you were two, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like you get to make your own choices, son. You get to do your own thing, and I can't, I can't make your choice for you, right? You've made some decent choices up to this point, but like, I can't do it for you. And if if that's the choice you're making, then all right, fine. It's not the best choice. But okay, right? Like that's what Moses is saying. Then it's not like he's agreeing. Okay, well, fine. I'll get what I want out of you. That's not what he's saying. He's broken hearted because he's just like, like, if this is, if, if that's what you want, fine. But man, that's that's a dumb choice, right? We say that to our kids sometimes. That was that was not smart, right? You you, you left your head at home today, didn't you? Like that was not smart. Like that's what Moses is saying. The other day, like, not not good, right? Here's the last warning sign that you're willing to settle on this side of the promised land and we'll be done. You only serve the Lord because you have to or for what you can get out of it. These guys aren't like, these guys aren't like, yeah, I want to go and I want to battle with you guys so you guys can get your inheritance. They're going because they got to. I Man, they're going. They're going to do as little as possible. Like, get you all's land so we can get back home, right? Well, that's what happens in ministry. We're like, Okay, like sign me up for the least amount of ministry as possible. That way, I can do what I have to do, fly under the radar. It'll be fine, right? That's what happens. You only serve the Lord because you have to, or for what you can get out of it, right? And these are so. These are just some things that popped out. I wanted to share the story with you because as we get into the Book of Joshua, this is going to be referenced several times. That like two and a half tribes, are they don't get part of the inheritance so I didn't want to have to like go back and explain it and like this right here is really practical for the church today because this is what the church is doing they're sacrificing the future blessing for whatever the world's got to offer right now and man we have to be better like we have to decide that you know what I want to serve the Lord now Whatever it is, if if this is what you want me to do, God, I want to do it. If you want me here making Bibles, I'll do it. If you want me over here discipling somebody, I'll do it. If you want me on this trip, I'll do it. Because I want all the blessing that comes with it. I want everything that you've promised. I don't want to miss out on any of it. Like, that's what we have to be as Christians. Don't settle for this side of Jordan when God has promised eternity over here. Right? That's what we're doing, and that's what you guys can't do. And I don't say you guys, I mean we as the church, we can't do that. And when I say I'm not saying that y'all are in that boat, but I'm saying like we need to keep other people from settling. Like fire people up, say something, call them out. Like I understand it's not easy to call people out when they're in sin. It's not easy to call people out when they're just kind of like fumbling along. But I guarantee that if they if their heart's really in it, they'll thank you at some point. They're never going to be like you know what thanks for hitting on my case today. That was really good. Like, no, they're never going to say that. But a week or two weeks or a year or maybe sometimes more later, they will come back and say thank you. Right? There's been times that my wife has been like, hey, I don't know what's going on with you. I'm never like, you know what, Paige? That was really good. Thank you. (laughs) But I always come back and I'm like, you know what? Like, I needed that. Right? Sometimes you need to be the one that's just willing to be the salt, right? We're supposed to be the salt and the light. All right, we'll pray and get out of here. Sorry, I went over. All right, God, I love you. I thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, just being good to us. I pray you just uh, continue to bless your word as Brian preaches this morning. Bless the conference that's coming up. Bless the those in Passpoint who are out for whatever reason and. Uh, The different things that they've got going on, Lord, I pray uh, you be with uh, Chris and Abby as Abby's getting uh, pretty close to having the baby. I pray that uh, we would just pray for them as uh, they go through the season and uh, just several things that are going on. I pray we just continue to lift each other up in prayer. Lord, I do pray that um, if it be your will, you'd bless these uh, small groups, these accountability groups, that we would uh, do better about being in your word and sharing your word with other people uh, and that you would just... uh, really get the glory out of this thing. and I don't want it to be something we just do, but I want it to be something that brings us closer to You. So I pray You just send us out this week as lights in a dark world. In Christ's name, Amen.